welcome to the Caleb Mason podcast. On today, I have my good friend Todd Hicksonball with me, aka the Todd Father. Will you please just call me the Todd Father? Uh, I guess aka the Todd Father. Thank you. And we are looking back on 2019. It is January 2020. What up? And everybody in the else, building. And we are getting a full look back on the year 2019. We should Some, call this like 2019 plus one. 2019 plus one, yeah. Because plus one. Because at this time, it is the end of January. But whereas everybody maybe looked like they looked back on like the first 11 and a half months what up? of it, we're giving you an extra half what month. Up? We're going 12 and a half months. Whoa. Look back. Plus one. But seriously, we're only looking back on 2019. I'm looking back on January. Todd is looking back on January. And so here's what we want to do. We want to look back on some of the things that happened over 2019, maybe some of the things that stood out to us, and then also maybe some of the things that we learned from those things. Maybe we got, might get into something like that. But then we want to give you some of our favorite things from music to movies to books to podcasts to literally all of the stuff, all of the things, and maybe even some stuff that we learned about in 2019 and then maybe if we have enough time give you a preview of what we're looking forward to in 2020 but let's get started todd there's a lot of things that happened in 2019 were there and at least for me i don't know if there's a better place to start than what happened in the movie world specifically specifically there was there is a monumentous thing that happened in 2019 and and an end of an era and the beginning of another. You got a girlfriend. <laughs> yes, that happened. That was that that fits. Yes, that did happen in 2019. No, I'm I'm talking about we saw the MCU end an era. I'm still on the girlfriend thing because that's also <laughs> the ending of an era and the beginning of another one. Yes, it is. You're right, though. Like there, there was a, a huge shift in the movies, and um, you know, I heard it said uh, just recently. I was listening to a podcast, and they said, you know, it kind of feels like um, your childhood, right? Where like our childhood really ended for a lot of people, particularly if you're, in, you're like us in your late twenties, well, because it, when the first, like when Iron Man came out, like we were in high school. Yeah, like we were in high school. Yep. And so it's been this, you know, a little bit like thirteen year journey, right? Uh, not I think quite it was that 13. Long. Well, not 11. quite that long. 11. Yeah. It's been an 11 year journey where like we've been doing this and every year, you know, getting th two, three movies and it's these characters that we've grown to love. And, you know, if you saw um, Endgame, I mean, people died and like characters were the, 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 the book was closed on characters. Yeah. And, and it's, it did. And the guy, he just said, you know, I, like when I, I watched Endgame, he said, I went by myself about a week after it had come out. So the, the movie theater was a little bit less crowded. He said, I went to a matinee during the day. He's like, I just sat and watched the movie and just cried. He's like, it felt like my, a piece of my childhood was ending and a piece of just like this, this, this investment that I had given not that it was going away, but like it was changing, and it's. Mm -hmm. I think it's true, right? I mean, we have in May, right, a whole thing with Scarlett Johansson coming out about Black Widow, where it's a standalone movie, um, and that's that's going. It's it's going deeper into a character, right? So that even the MCU, what they're doing is is totally different. 
um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of their shift and what they're what they're pursuing now. So it's just going to be an interesting time, and and, and I think that um, you know with Endgame, and then you know the one that everybody overlooks, but I don't think we should. Is Far From Home, Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, that was a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Yep, and it, and it's really like you know I, I've heard it described as like Spider Man Far From Home is like that is like yes. the epilogue. It's the it is hundred percent it. And, it, and, it and like in like the way that I think about the MCU and this this will help transition to the next big movie thing that happened as well as like I view it as like the Star Wars trilogies. Yes, because you know how they all have kind of their own contained story arc. Over three that, films that goes into but the bigger thing. But then it goes into like a new thing. Yep. That's kind of how I view the MCU with this. Is like we have ended an era, and then another one will, will begin, which will be informed by the previous one, but will take us into something new. As which well. I guess goes to their phases, like how they've done the phases. But it's not even Endgame was different because it's not even the phases, right? So we had Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three. It's not even that because it's bigger than that. Because the characters were the, a lot of the characters were the same yeah. through the phases, like they just were, right? And now it's like different characters, and who's going to be, who's left, and it's just different. You know, actually, I was thinking about a, a comparison for this. Like, what is this? What is this? What is this similar to? And um, the only thing I could get close enough to isn't even in the movie world for me. Um, it's actually it's it's comparable to a TV show. It, it's a TV show for me. Can you mm-hmm. guess? Can you guess what it is? No. Okay, so it's a TV show um, that was was hugely popular. That um, a couple years ago, uh, a couple years ago ended, and it like killed people. And it was um, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I remember when Breaking Bad, like the last episode, people were like. I don't know what to do now. Like it was, people were so invested in it or, or the, or another one would be the big bang theory. Like people were so invested and so in, and like, you know, now there, there's been spinoffs of, of breaking bad with, well, with and young I, Sheldon. And I was going to say, but like, like, and now, and now we're about to get like our better call Saul. Yeah. 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 Like, like now it's, now there's going to be, there's, there, it's not done, done. Yeah. But like that, thing it's, is gone it's, it's a chapter it's put closed. to bed it's put to bed yeah. right it's it's done and yeah and and i really think it just speaks to the power of long-form storytelling and like being able to tell a story over 10 years now contrast that with something else that also came to an end this year with with star wars the rise yeah. of skywalker and that just happened and that just happened and and for me like my biggest and we've talked about this before but my biggest problem with the Rise of Skywalker is I didn't feel like they they gave it enough time. Like I didn't think they gave it enough time to expand on everything that hap- that happened as well. And like in a few th- and this isn't necessarily Are you talking about the whole movie or wrapping uh, the movie um, up? I'm talking about uh I'm talking about the whole movie not giving got not giving enough time. Like in my opinion, it needed probably about another 25 to 30 minutes to explain everything. And and this also, and I don't know if it's the same thing, but, like, if you think about it, like, they had three Star Wars mo- like, the trilogy, come out in a period of four years. You know what's interesting about that? And I think you know this. I, this is a total sidebar. There was a 12-year-old that goes to the church I work at, and he refers to these new three new movies as his trilogy. Hmm. 
That's the trilogy that's like yeah. his trilogy, right? Yeah. Everything else are the older movies. Yeah. It blew my mind. It's really powerful. Yeah. He's there's, like, there's a lot of power in that statement. Yeah. He's like, that's, this is my trilogy. Yeah. This is my trilogy. Like, Ray is his Luke. Yep. Or, or, you know, even for the prequels, right? Because that's whenever you and I were younger, you know, that's his Anakin. Right? Yeah. So you have Anakin, you have Luke, and you have Ray, and how each one of them um, were kind of the central star in, in the thing. And so Ray now is their person. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was just a thought. Yeah. Side note. So, something, something else about movies, I want to get your take on this, is, and, and I really feel like it's, it's come to, uh, like 2019 was the year of this, of Netflix making award-winning movies. Yeah. Like really coming on the scene. Because you think of The Irishman. Yeah. You think Have of... Have you seen The Irishman? I you, haven't seen it yet. I just finished. I watched it for the second time. I've watched I've it twice I've heard that now. it's better on the second viewing. So there's... Yeah, let's keep keep going. Keep keep going with your thought. And well, we'll and I, I was going to say, then you have something like A Marriage Story, which I have seen. Have you yes. seen A Marriage yes. Story? And, like, you see those movies, and, like, Netflix is is disrupting. I mean, and they have been disrupting. Now, now the... Netflix is an interesting place right now. Netflix isn't an interesting place. But it <laughs> feels like, at least in 2019, that it's starting to get recognition on like the grander scale of having someone like Martin Scorsese like literally just make a movie for you that is only available on your platform. Right. Netflix is an interesting place. So, you know, obviously I forget. I just saw this date. I think it was 2001 or 2 they started their DVD service or their their it started VHS and then DVD and then it went full DVD I believe in 2005 and then somewhere around 2007 ish it went to um it went to like an online more you could you could do both type Mm -hmm. of thing they're in an interesting spot they were so for so long they were the only thing they were the only thing like if you wanted to stream stuff they were the only place yeah and i feel like 2018 2019 beginning of 2019 when disney plus i was gonna say when disney releases that they're gonna come out with disney plus all of these other these other stations, right? NBC, CBS, start pulling all of their shows off of off of Netflix, like all of them. And guys, yeah. we're not we're not talking about like we're talking about like the shows, yeah, like Friends, Friends The Office, uh, Parks and Rec, Blue Bloods, like all of the Marvel movies, all like of the Marvel all of movies, that stuff. all of like the the stuff that you would go there for, right? They pull all the stuff off, and and Netflix. It was interesting because <clears throat> I saw an interview done by one of the one of the C-level people who run Netflix. He was calm. Like he was calm and it struck me as odd. I didn't under I didn't understand why. I was like, "Dude, you have net you have you have Disney Plus that's going to come in and take a huge part net share of of what of, of your business away. Like they're just going to come in and go, "What up, homie?" and just take this away. You've got all these other streaming platforms that are going to do the same thing, but they're taking away the big parts are they're taking away some of your best shows that you've that you really kill on, right? And he's just calm. And what I didn't realize is that the reason why is I this is this is just a prediction. I think that we all fell in love with Netflix because of the of the binge watching of TV shows. I think the reason we're all going to keep our subscription is because they're going to start pumping out movies that you can't find anywhere else. 
And I think that it's it's in things like The Irishman where they just said, "Hey, we haven't had a great gangster movie in a while." Yeah. Well, and and I and I think Watch you, this. Well, and I think you've seen this too of Netflix has been using everybody else's TV shows to track the data yeah. of what's most popular yep. and then they create content off of that. Yep. And that and I think it's brilliant and I and um and so I just think, you know, I was looking at the lineup for some of the things they're releasing in 2020. Woo! Like they've got some, they've got some potential heat coming out yeah. in the form of both movies and TV shows. Like yeah. I think they're gonna have, I think they legitimately have two shows coming out. And I forget what their names are. I just saw it about a week ago. Um, but like already, like some of the ratings and stuff that they've been posting about this, it looks like they have two TV shows that could be the new Stranger Things and the new whatever, right? Yeah. Where it's gonna be that kind of fire, like that kind of craziness. And I think they've got about half a dozen movies they're going to come out with that we're just going to go, that was amazing. Yeah. Caleb, tell me, what other organization is going to come out with half a dozen movies this year that you're going to go, what the heck just happened? True. There's only one. Yeah, Disney. Disney. Yeah. There's only one. And and speaking of Disney, the next thing that I want to get your take on is just kind of the streaming, the streaming services yeah. that have launched. The two, the two big ones that I could think of that launched this year would be Apple TV, which yep, that's enough about Apple TV. And yeah, nobody really cares about that yet. It's almost like they got a placeholder in. Yep, which yep. is fine. I'm the, fine with the, that. I, I've been seeing some traction on this show called Little America. Oh yeah, people are loving going. that show. Yeah, so we'll see. It's early yeah. for Apple TV, but the other one obviously is Disney Plus. Yeah, and can we just say like one of the biggest things Knocked that it happened? Out of the park. One of the biggest things that happened. Well, Disney Plus. Really, we have Disney to thank for. Baby Yoda. Right. Baby Yoda, or actually that's not the, the correct name. The correct name is actually, it's the, the the director and writer of The Mandalorian refers to it as the child. So it's not actually Baby Yoda, just or, to be totally correct. Or Baby Yoda. Just to be totally correct, so, it's called the child. And then another thing that I have, um, and then I want to hear if you have anything else relating to movies and culture, is um, just the Keanu Reeves. Like, yeah, what's up with this? He is back. Yeah, he like, is back in all of his glory. It's so like, it's so weird because it feels like it's the early 2000s right now. Late 90s, early 2000s, and here's why. All of these Disney movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. We have Lion King that comes out in July, right? The the live action Lion King. We have Mulan, which is coming out in, in another month, I think. Live action, I think yep. it's another month. Live action Mulan's coming out. We've got Keanu Reeves like in every movie ever. Yeah. That's like just killing right now, right? Yep. And it feels like the early 2000s. By the way, we have another James Bond movie on the way. And it just feels like what they've done is they threw it back and they picked an era. And all these these companies are going, hey, let's see if we can make some of this magic happen again. Yep. And instead of it flopping, it feels like it's winning. Do you get and, that? And, and some are, I would say overall, feels like it's winning. There's some that are doing better than others. Yeah, just but that's weird. That's, I think, something else that we'll tend to see. Okay, you got any other things in film that stood out to you? I, I do. Um, I think that this is a little side note on this um, about film. Uh, so if 2018 was the year where people were trying to stretch the norms in terms of who can play what role. I think that 2019 was a a move in the opposite direction. And so here's what I mean. One of the things that was uh, a theme was, one of my favorite franchises of all time is James Bond. <clears throat> and it came out in 2019 that they were going to have a woman play uh, 
play James Bond. They were going to play the main character, James Bond, in, in a, the newest movie that's coming out. And beginning of January, so this isn't, <clears throat> this was, the, the beer was being brewed, as we would say. Yeah. The end of 2019. And it finally came out. And so actually the family, uh, the Fleming family that owns the rights to James Bond went at, went back and basically said, no, you can't have a woman play James Bond. That's just not how Ian Fleming would have wanted this to go. Like, this isn't how this works, right? Like, this isn't how this works. And so what I'm interested to see in 2019 is how... how 2020? Er, yeah, 2020. What I'm interested to see is how that all plays out because I think... You're going to see some decisions like that where people were trying to be inclusive. They were trying to do that, which is which is great. But I think that you're going to see some of these things where people go, yeah, but this is a this is an iconic character. And there are some things that we have to have here. Yeah. And I just think it's going to be interesting to watch in the movie world right now. Yep. Yeah. I would say we're definitely heading to a crescendo where stuff's going to go down with it. Okay, let's talk about another thing that we tend that we really like sports. Okay. Okay. So, first, I want to say one of the biggest things that happened in 2019. TV12. That's where I was going. Yep. TV12. Tom Brady won in his sixth championship, the New England Patriots. More than any other quarterback. More than any other quarterback. Wins a sixth ring. And then, like, 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 firmly established. Firmly established as... Maybe the greatest run ever in sports. Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, I think there may have been teams that were greater. I look at the 1970 Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think that that was one of the most dominant teams ever um, for that period of time. The late 80s 49ers yeah. were unbelievable. But to do it over but a 20 year 20 period, years is eight, different. Eight Super Bowl appearances, yeah. six yeah. wins. It's just to do it over a 20-year period is just different. Like, that's the thing. And not only that, it all connected to two people, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's two people it's connected to. Um, is is just unbelievable. I'm not going to say we'll never see it happen again because who knows. Yeah. You know, Bill could Bill could draft somebody. I actually believe this is Tom's last year. Well, I was going to say, and that's, and that's the crazy thing. And another thing that we've seen yeah. in 2019 is like the end of dynasties. Yeah, end of dynasties. Potentially, potentially. End of dynasties. With the Patriots. The Warriors. The Warriors just ended. Golden State Warriors, for those of you. Alabama. Alabama. Football. Which like, I actually don't think they're gone, gone. I no. think that this is just a down year. But yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Ohio but, State losing, which. Which. Crying which, face. Yeah, I wouldn't call us a dynasty right now. Crying but face. The future is bright. But I, I, that goes to a couple other things I want to hit on. We saw the rise of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, baby. Which, uh, hold on. It. Not just Lamar Jackson, the new age quarterback. Yeah. Which, for, for which 20 looks years. So different. Yes. Which is looking so different. And it From is. From what we thought. Yeah. And it's just like, there's just a lot, there's a lot of disruption happening in sports right now. Yeah. It feels like. It feels like the running back position is coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, which is weird because for the last maybe 10 years, Basically, the the twenty teens, like the running back position, was so put off to the side and nobody cared about it that it people were questioning: Is this ever going to be a thing again? And then, like, who's been the star of these playoffs this year so far in, in early twenty twenty? Derrick Henry. Well, and Patrick Mahomes. Well, and Patrick yeah. Mahomes, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Which another again, another new age quarterback. So many interesting things happening in sports. Um, you know, in basketball world, right? You have. 
um, you have this thing where LeBron just will not go away. Well, and, the, and this is the one year that it's been like this in a long time to where there's legitimately not a favorite. There's not a great, there's, there's not, not a, a favorite. favorite. And it's not because, <laughs> so people have said it's because it's not great basketball this year. I totally disagree. I disagree too. I watch basketball almost every night, almost mm-hmm. every single night. And if you can't find a good game on, it's because you're 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 not trying. Yeah. Like there's a good game every night. Yep. And like and like something else that I want to hit on, which which happened over the summer and specifically throughout, uh, I guess the spring into the summer, is like we learned the power. Like I feel like we learned the power, or I just saw again the power of just belief. Like yeah. the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors. Like yeah. literally. A franchise that had so many heartbreaking losses, particularly to our team, the Cavs, the with, with, uh, with LeBron, with LeBron, yeah, and then and then they get Kawhi Leonard, and literally, and literally willed themselves to it. I remember hearing this, like, and they were just asking, like, what's the, like, what's the difference? And they're like, we be- like we have somebody who we believe in and who believes in yeah. us. Yep, and also, oh, but hold on, not only that, but it, it's. It's the beauty of a GM coach combination as well. Like, I, it cannot be understated what the GM and the coach combo in Toronto did. That was a gutsy move. I mean, they traded DeMar DeRozan, who was a beloved figure in Toronto. Yep. I, I mean, that was mad. That was that is not to be understated that that happened. Yeah, yep. that's a huge move. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Here's another major piece I think to this basketball season that is just totally being glossed over. One of the best players in the world hasn't played a single game this year. That's true. Hasn't played a single game this year. Mm-hmm. Like, and by the way, isn't going to the rest of the year, right? Like, Kevin Durant is who I'm talking about in Brooklyn. He he in the offseason moves to Brooklyn. He 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 signs with Brook the Brooklyn Nets. Hasn't played a game this year. And his team is a dumpster fire right now, like just on fire, partially because of Kyrie Irving. And and it's just like, wow. So the NBA season this year is crazy. It's so much fun. We have young players that are stepping up. Zion Williamson scored 22 the other night in, in a debut. Well, and, 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 that, and that's like that's something else that I want to talk about. Like the rise of Zion. Right. Like literally, like being held, 2019 was Zion's like, year. Well, and literally, like – and we hear it this, or at least I'm hearing it this year with college basketball. The reason why you watched college basketball last year was because of him, Zion. And now and this year they don't have that. They don't have anything. And Zion was such a dynamic player. And, and a, literally, you just referenced it. The like what just happened the other night. Twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. First game. Yep. First game, and not only twenty-two, seventeen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and and I think that just speaks to, like, you know. Just the the power that one person can have. Unbelievable. The power that one person can have. Yeah. And then, here's my final thing, because I think that people are glossing over this. I think people are trying to gloss over this. One of the huge things that was kind of looming over the 2019 baseball season was, towards the end of the year, these allegations coming out about the Houston Astros. Boy, did that ever break. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's just, well, even potentially with the Boston Red Sox as well, too. And, and the Mets. I mean, yeah. this. I mean, they had to kick out their manager as well because yeah. all these players were involved in the sign stealing thing of the 2017 World Series. I mean, have we ever seen anything like this before? No. I mean, this is craziness. And, and I think it's just it speaks to, like, like the truth will always come out. Yeah. The truth will always come out, and eventually it will be 
you'll get caught up. I mean, I mean, we've had three franchises that have been affected by this that uh, and not fran- like and by the way, his one of them a historic franchise yep. in the Boston Red Sox. I mean, the Boston Red Sox had to get rid of their manager. Caleb pitchers and catchers report like in less than a month. Yep. I mean, this is nuts. Yep. And, just, and it's just it's just crazy how how this is impacted, and it was a bombshell into the sports world, and and people who like my mom heard about this. My mom doesn't pay attention to jack squat about sports. Like she doesn't know anything about sports going on. Mm-hmm. My mom knew about this and asked me about it. So like if she knows about something, it's it's like I know it's made it into the mainstream. Yeah. Well, and I think in it and just as we're talking about this, really just seeing the theme of disruption all throughout twenty nineteen. Yeah. I just want to throw one other sports thing on on there. Like the US women's national team. Yeah. And Megan Rapino leading the charge for just a just equality of being paired paid equally and everything yeah and you can and people have different opinions on her some people you know look at that as a good thing some of it look at it as she's being a loud mouth and being obnoxious and whatever um you still can't deny the fact that they are an excellent that is an excellent organization yep. i mean they are high quality and they are touching on something that is is a real tension, right? Yep. I mean, it is it is that. I have one final thing because I know you don't pay attention to this, but it's something I think is important in the sports world. The UFC's prominent rise to prominence now with Jorge with Masvidal. the with the I'm proud you know that name with with their partnership with ESPN, right? Yeah. So well, if you ESPN, look, and I guess even, we even missed this yeah. for the streaming, but ESPN Plus. Oh yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, ESPN Plus. So I mean, you know, you go, uh, you go back, and I'm an avid follower of the UFC. You go back to their 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 found their founding, where in the early '90s, where it was then, to 2005 when the UFC really came on the map with a single, um, with a single fight with uh, Forrest Griffin, where there's this this crazy all out brawl and people it just goes like wildfire. It was the first viral moment that the UFC had. To fast forward to today, where you know. They have all these matches that are actually broadcast on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith is at um, is at UFC that just happened this past weekend, and he's talking with Joe Rogan, who's the, the one of the main commentators for UFC uh, for UFC fights. If Conor McGregor knocking out Cowboy Cerrone in 46 seconds, I believe. I mean, mm-hmm. it was insanity, and it was all that ran on ESPN for about two days. I mean. The, the fact that UFC has become mainstream, for those of you who don't know what UFC is, it's it's um, mixed martial arts, it's cage fighting. It is crazy, and it's so much fun, and it's such an awesome sport to learn about. And just the, in, two, in 2019, the, the prominence that it took, yep. like it just kind of went and took its spot to where now, I mean, it's a commonplace thing now for people to talk about this. I think in 2020, you're just going to see more of it, especially with some of the fights that are coming up. It's just gonna get it's gonna and it's gonna get crazy. I gotta get Caleb to watch some of these fights. Caleb's gonna go, what the bleep is this? Yeah. So another another area is um is pol- is politics as well. And I know that this is something that you've been yeah paying attention to. And I kinda wanna turn it over to you. But one th- one thing um that really stood out to me was Greta Thunberg's UN speech about climate change. Yeah. I have thoughts on I have thoughts on that. Um I'm gonna do a different take on on politics than what people might might think um i have a i have some good pieces and i also have and i also have some things that i just want us to realize what's actually going on so i'm not going to talk about the presidential candidate thing that's going to shake out the way that it's going to shake out um but what i wanted to talk about more 
is what we're actually seeing in terms of, of people's priorities and how it's actually playing out. So on the positive side, you know, what I wanted to talk about is that I think that um, there are issues that are real issues that are getting getting the time of day where it's where it's coming to light. Um, you talk about um, Greta's speech to the UN <clears throat> with climate change. I think that was a, a moment where um, good things were, where climate change really did have its day and was able to, to be talked about in the UN. Um, I also have a critique of, of that whole thing as well, um, that moment. Um, I think I also look to um, some of the some of the um, uh, common sense gun law stuff that's that's really taken prominence with mm-hmm. with groups really being proactive about this. I also have a critique uh, uh, of of some of the things that are going on with that as well. I think that things that were fringe issues or only looked at as extreme positions are like like if if you believe this, you're over on the extreme. I think people are beginning to really think and examine things. I think that every time that there's a presidential um, that every time there's a presidential um, election, I think that people become super focused in, in, in and start becoming more aware of what's going on in politics. And it just so happens that right now some incredibly important things are going on in the news cycles that people are becoming hip to. And I just think, I just think it's the perfect thing for people to really start thinking through, right? Um, and so I think that those are those are good things that are that are happening. That people are actually becoming more aware. It's it's a good thing to be aware, right? You and I are Christ followers, and I think that sometimes as Christians we get so focused in on, you know, we're we're not part of this world, blah blah blah, all those types of things, and, which is true. But it's also good to just be aware of stuff. It's, yeah. it's also and not just be so focused in on one party, to understand the full picture. Yeah, well, and I think sometimes we can use that as an excuse to abdicate our responsibility. Hundred percent. That's exactly well. what it is. It's an abdication of responsibility. I have some critiques. One of the things that needs to go away in 2020 and 2021 is corporations, both conservative and liberal organizations, news outlets in particular using children to get their point across and to make their thing. Yeah. I think that what Greta did was incredibly brave. Well, and she is being used as a puppet. Well, and I, and I think she referenced that. She did recently, recently she did. She came out and talked about how she is now being used as a puppet. Just anytime that they want something controversial to make people go, Oh, they get a kid now Mm -hmm. to say something. It happened with guns when, um, the Lakeland High School shooting happened with the CNN uh, uh, thing. That was the really first prominent place it happened in 2018. And now it's being used for climate change. And it's gross. Like, I'm, it's just gross. Like, that's gross. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that anybody who has common sense and can take themselves out of the situation emotionally and look at it objectively can see that. It's gross. That needs to stop. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what else you're seeing. I think another thing that is going to be interesting um, moving forward is this this idea of of voters with no home. The more and more people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, it people are just going, you know, I don't really care if it's Democrat or Republican. And I think this has been building. I think that you saw a little bit of this in the 2018. Um, well, and I, I feel like I fall into that. Yeah, the same. Yeah, it's it's like I don't care because people sense the BS, man. They just do, and they're going. You know, when we look, we're, if you've watched these Democratic debates, which I've watched every one of them, the BS meter is so high. And then you turn around and you look at Twitter, you hear something that the president says, and again, you can just sense some of the same stuff coming off of him. Yeah, and it's like, man, this is just gross. Like all of this is gross. 
And so I, what I really think is, is a good thing is that people are beginning to realize that. The bad thing is I don't think we're getting great alternatives. I don't think that we're going to have – I don't think – like I think people think this is election is going to be a, rec- a reckoning. I, some people do at least. I, I don't see that at all. I see, I see people either, again, abdicating responsibility and saying I'm not going to vote or, you know, hey – you know, neither option is good. I'm going to vote for for what I, I'm comfortable with, mm-hmm. and I think that both of them promote anti-intellectualism. And you know this about me. I hate it when people don't think. Yeah. It bothers me. I, I like, and part of it is because I think you and I spend an inordinate amount of time thinking. You know, and I don't spend a ton of time every day on the news. I listen to uh, three. I listen to three podcasts every day. I listen to the BBC every morning, which is a worldwide. So it's not an American news outlet. It's out of the UK. Yeah. I listen to, and then I listen to a conservative one, and I listen to a, I, I listen to a, a really, really conservative one and a really, really liberal one, and then I take all that information and I form my own opinion on it. Yeah. Every day. I was like, okay, if this is extreme and this is extreme and this is an outside perspective, what's Where's probably that? in the middle, right? Yep. And that's all the more time I spend on it. And so, like, you know, whenever it was so stark, the coverage, you know, I know this isn't in 2019, but um, it was early. It was like literally 2020 had just happened um, with the whole thing that happened in Iran. Yeah. The coverage of that was. I remember us talking about that and you going like, literally, I cannot follow this anymore. It's hilarious because the coverage was was goofy. Yeah. You listened to one and it was World War Three. You listened to another one and it was like praising the fact that we killed somebody. And then you listen to the BBC and they're just kind of going, so this is what happened. And I'm going, it's in the middle. And I know in the middle is is where it, it probably really is. But my goodness, it was gross. Mm-hmm. And and it's just um, it's hysteria. It's hysteria and people playing into that. What I'm hoping is that people can educate themselves so that they can really pay attention Um and, and, and here's the thing. I truly believe this. Uh, I don't. I forget what podcast I was listening to, but somebody said this, and it blew me away because of the truth. They said, you know, everybody gets so hysterical about national politics, but the thing that does truly on a day-to-day basis affect you is local politics. Mm-hmm. And if people focused more on local politics and local politicians and state, and, and state races, they would be so much better off where they live. And what's happened is, is in some of these major cities in some of these places they've gotten so focused on national politics that we've lost that. And yeah. so one of the things I'm really working on for me in 2020 is being is becoming more hip to what's going on in the local politics scene. Mm-hmm. What's actually going to affect us here where we live. Yeah. Um and 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 also keeping an eye on what's going on in the national thing. I'm not saying that, but yeah. I think that we need it's a priority thing that needs to be refocused. I really do. Yeah, and can you just say, I mean, we've talked about it before, but in case someone is wanting to take the approach that you're doing, just can you say what podcast, what, you said the BBC, what? Yeah, I, so I would do what I do. I, I truly would. Um, there are there are so many dangers in trying to find one podcast or one radio program or one news outlet to read mm-hmm. because you're only getting one perspective. And so yeah. what I did was I took a conservative one, and that the one that I listen to that's, that's conservative that I listen to every day is um, I listen to Ben Shapiro, his radio show that he does. And then I listen to Rachel Maddow, um, I, who is on the, li- the extreme other end. And then I listen to the BBC. Now, sometimes I'll also listen to The Daily, which is a New York Times, um, like 10-minute, like here's just like this morning, here's like a 10-minute yeah. things you need to know, right? And what I do is I just can, and all of these are are under an hour long things. And, and, I, and I just, it's what I do in the morning. And 
I construct my opinion based off of that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 10, 15 minutes. You go through each one really quick and you can, and then construct your own opinion. Yeah. Because if you try to subscribe to one, one thing or another, it's going to totally shape your thinking. And so doing that and then just paying attention on Twitter. Like I know that Twitter is a dumpster fire. I agree. Like Twitter is a dumpster fire. The, I had to actually go off Twitter for about three or four days when the whole Iran thing was going on. It was so vitriolic. It was bad. And you yeah. remember that I told you that I had to go off Twitter. Yep. But what I do is I then I, ha I go and I look at a couple people's Twitter, Twitter timelines that are also falling the same camp, right? Outside perspective, conservative and liberal. And I construct my opinions based off of that. Yeah. I think that that's the best way for us to go, but it requires thinking. Yeah. It requires thinking. Which which can sometimes be difficult, but well, that's that's right. the next thing that I want to get on to. Uh, let's talk about social media. So there's a couple of things that, um, a couple of big things that, you know, stood out to me and then I want to get um, your thoughts on it. Um, one is uh, Facebook saying that they're not changing their stance whenever it comes to political ads and everything. That was big. That was big. Um, which affected the previous election and getting yeah. into 2020, and we'll do that. Um, the other thing is Instagram hiding their likes. Uh -huh. They're starting to do that as well. Oh, no. If you've looked on your Instagram recently, like today, you can't see anybody's likes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really interesting and is almost showing, almost feels like they're showing some social responsibility. Almost. Uh, we'll talk about that. Okay. Give me your thoughts on that. You want now, or do you want to? You want yeah, this now? Just give me your thoughts now. So there's two. There's two things on this. One, yes, that's how they're. That's so. That's how they're packaging it, right? Is that this is a social responsibility? We we have all these statistics and all these studies that show mental health and and you know high school students or middle school students or you know people who just really subscribe to that, right? They um they see these likes and it makes them feel bad. Blah 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 blah. Here's what's really going on. What they've realized is that. When they um, when they go and have the likes that are displayed, they actually are um, not getting paid for things. So it's a money thing. What why they're doing the likes? So whenever whenever people do like paid ads or they get paid to put something on there yeah. and it gets a million likes, they're not making any money. They're not making any money off of this. And so if you hide it. They have created new ways for paid ads to yeah, be able so to work. Yeah, so you can see your likes if you want. But to. they're packaging this in a way that yeah, makes that it look like it's a social responsibility. Okay. So there are two takes on this. Okay, gotcha. There are two sides to this coin. Now yeah. that also means, by the way, so so people are confused. They think that you can't see your own likes. That's not true. You actually oh, yeah. you, you can you, see, you your, can own see likes. your own likes. You just can't see others else's. Right. Yeah. And so and so it's just a whole thing. They're they're doing this because I believe they're setting it up to to further be able to monetize Instagram. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to get your take, and then if there's anything else, is just TikTok. Yeah. Um, TikTok is a revolution right now. And for those of you who don't know what TikTok is, um, you can create videos on this app. Um, it's very popular amongst kids that are, um, you know, third, fourth grade, all the way through. The primary thing is through like 12, 13 year olds. It's, it's interesting. A lot of high schoolers are, are kind of into it, mm -hmm. but it's more that younger demographic of middle school kids who are just obsessed with this. And so you make videos and there's TikTok challenges where there's dance challenges, but it's all set to music, right? Yep. And they can be as long as, as several minutes long or as short as five, 10 seconds long, right? And, and it really is, is kind of a 
furthering of if you remember what Vine was, right, where it was these 10-second videos. It's really kind of an extension of that. And it used to be called Musical.ly. was what it was when it first came out. And it was purchased by a Chinese company who then rebranded it as TikTok. And so now... Um, TikTok is this huge thing amongst amongst this demographic, and it's so influential. Okay, and it it grew so fast. Yeah, that um, companies were behind, like companies who were at the front of things, and they're always one of the first to go. They 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 missed the boat on it because they were just like they it grew so fast, and so you're seeing what really made it popular was um, a couple celebrities jumped on. So Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson, um, The Rock, for, mm-hmm. for the uninitiated, um, jumped on about three months ago and started making started making TikToks. Yeah. And when they started, now all of a sudden, instantly, all these other companies were like, oh, we got to get into this. Yep. And so it was funny how it grew so fast and was so influential in 2019 that major companies, like toy-making companies, right, people who like you could really use this to market with, mm-hmm. missed it. So if you're a business right now and you're trying to find a new way of advertising, TikTok is the way to go. Like yeah. You have to discover TikTok. Get creative. Ask younger people who are around you. But TikTok's a wonderful platform. I understand there's also critiques of it. But um, it's it's all in the way that you use it. Yeah. Um, and it's all in the way that you can look at it creatively and figure out how it can work for you. Yeah. Any other social media stuff that stands out to you? Um, in uh, Yeah. So the morphing of Snapchat. So Snapchat, when it first came out, was kind of an alternative, right, to, to um, Instagram in, in some ways. And it was better than Instagram. And then Instagram comes out with its Insta stories. Mm-hmm. And, and it looked like Snapchat was dead. Like people were talking about Snapchat yeah, is dead. I remember that. Snapchat was brilliant. And the company is actually called Snap, right? So the company that, that owns Snapchat is called Snap. And Snap just went, hold my beer. And they got into, did you know this? They got into toy making. No, I didn't know that. They did. They got into toy making, merchandise, all these things. And then what they did was they went, watch this. They transformed themselves from a a social media platform. They call themselves a communications platform now. I, I, yes. Any person right now under the age of 18, don't try to give them your phone number. They won't use it. They use Snapchat as their primary texting mode, uh, 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 form of communication. Mm-hmm. Brilliant move. Brilliant move. And it's happened in the last year, year and a half. And it has completely revolutionized communication again. So, so tell me why, like why, yeah. like why is Snapchat better than texting? So um, it's more interactive. Think about it, right? So your phone, if you have an iPhone, right? Texting can do all sorts of cool things, right? Mm-hmm. It's the way that your our brain works. You know, I'm, I'm pointing at Caleb and, and myself. Um, it's the way our brain works. Think about it for them. It's not the way that their brain works. They're used to they, these kids are growing up in the era of, of of gifs and memes. And it's a lot easier to do via Snapchat. Uh huh. Okay. A lot and easier to do. I can do my own filters. I can use filters. The filter game is huge. I actually think that. Um, I actually think that iPhone needs to figure out how to do that for their text for for iMessage. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I think they should do, get on that now. It's the filter thing, right? How many pictures do you see posted now? And the first thing that, that, that kids do anymore is they take a picture on Snapchat, add a filter to it, save the picture to their camera roll, and then they'll post it on something. Like yeah. it's, it's it's how they use it. They use this they use this app in so many ways. It's it's way more useful as a tool to them than than iMessages 
or just regular yeah. text messaging. And so it's it's just the use the usefulness and the the, the utility that comes with with Snapchat. It's it's a brilliant brilliant tool. I mean, it really is. Yeah. So another thing uh, is food. And the big thing about food that I could think of was Popeye's chicken, the chicken sandwich. Have you Lord. had one? I haven't had one. I did. One. I had one. It's good. I ha- I've heard that it is not quite as good as the Chick-fil-A sandwich. Here's the thing. People were it went insane, and it's just like anything. It was a fad. But it was a good sandwich. Don't get me wrong. It was a good sandwich. Yeah. I think that it was as good as chick-fil-a it's not like chick-fil-a was so much better it's a good chick it's a good chicken sandwich right yeah and and it's like whenever you have like something that is maybe like an a level and everything else has been at like you know maybe a b or c yeah whenever something extends to the a level it's like whoa yeah and i think that it was just a hysteria created they actually estimated that the amount of buzz that it got for free on the internet just from people posting about it was, did you hear this number? It was the equivalent of $52 million spent in advertising. So if they went out into average, do at just an advertising budget to advertise, they got the equivalent of just internet movement, people posting about it on Facebook, people posting about it on Snapchat, people posting about it on Instagram and, and, and TikTok. Uh, They estimated it was close to $52 million. They would have had to spend. It was all free. It was all wow. just word of mouth. It is the most that has ever happened since Pokemon Go. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's they they because that estimation was over a hundred million. That was just free marketing that was got that was generated from social media. This is this is the closest it's gotten since anything any anything has gotten in free advertising that they've estimated over the internet since Pokemon Go. Okay, so the last thing that I want to look at culture, maybe we can use this to transition into kind of our recommends yeah. as well from 2019 is music. 2019 was a dumpster fire year for music. It was horrible. There were some good things that came out. So so hear me. There were some good things that came out. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite artists didn't put anything out last year. I know everybody thought that Kendrick was going to drop something. Kendrick didn't. Didn't. Kendrick has a three to four year window. You'll get something from him, and it's a masterpiece every three to four years. Last time he put out something major was 2018. Yeah, the Black Panther album. The Black Panther album. The last time he put out an album album that was his was 2017. Was 2017. So this is the year potentially that we're looking at for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to do hip hop. So we'll go. I'll give you a couple of genres. How about that? Unless you have thoughts that you want to start out with first. Uh, I think just going around. Uh, actually, you you go and I'll I'll give my thoughts. So hip hop was a trash year for music. Um, there was only a couple of, of of albums that came out that were true hip hop albums that were like unbelievable. Uh, a throwback was Jim Jones. So we're going to do secular music first. So Jim Jones um, did a just a throwback awesome awesome album. Um, it came out I believe in July. Uh, phenomenal. He 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 put that out. Another one that I really loved was the baby. And the baby, by the way, just like on fire right now. On fire. Um, him and Meg The Stallion are two that kind of owned 20, 2019 in terms of the hip hop world. Like they just owned it. Anytime that they were on the hook for any song, it was that song was in the top ten. Can I just say this is why I love talking with you because I heard the the baby. I haven't heard of Meg The Stallion. I before. I got I got you. Just, it's fine. <laughs> this is where this is where my friends that are, live in church world. This like, is where I go to school. 
This is where my friends that See, live I in cross over grow. a little bit, I know but not do. too far. I'm I, like two or three steps in. We'll talk about this in podcasts. I listen to about three hip hop podcasts every day. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, keep but going. but um, so they kind of own 2019. I mean, anytime that there was a song that was like in the top ten. If I looked at the feature, it was either a Meg The Stallion feature or it was a DaBaby feature. Like, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Roddy Rich came out with some stuff at the end of the year that was that was great. I think he's moving forward is going to be. I actually have a, I have a hot take for you. If, 20, if the 20 teens were owned by Drake and um, it, the, the 20 teens were really owned by uh, Drake, Drake and Kendrick and, Drake, Kendrick and, um, and J. Cole. I think that in the the 2020s, you're still obviously going to see Drake, um, but I think it's going to be owned by Roddy Rich and DaBaby. I yeah. think that this is the it's the changing of the guard. I think okay. you're going to see these two in hip hop. In hip hop, let me let me clarify. In hip hop, they're going to own the 2020s. I think every time that you're going to see a hit record, it's going to be those two that are either on the feature on something. I mean, it's going to be something like that. Yeah, I would say I'll I'll give you a couple of thoughts on my. I think some dis- disappointing stuff. Um, and, and I hate to use, I guess it is disappointing because it didn't live up to the hype. Chance the Rapper's album. Chance the Rapper's album was a flop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, um, it was, and as, and it as was great, a C. and as great as some of, I think the singles were minus, um, it was a C minus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Post Malone. I per so Post Malone's album to me was a smash. Yeah. You think so? So. So there's an issue that went on with Post Malone. Um, so I'm not, and again, I don't say it's not good. I'm just saying for me, it didn't live up to the hype. So th- one of the things that I've heard is that people who might just be casual fans of, of Post Malone were like, it wasn't a hip hop album. Well, Post Malone is not, he's a hybrid. Post Malone, you he's can't, a hi- re- he's a hybrid. You can't put him in any category. Yeah. This was more of a rock album. Yeah. And, it was more of a rock album. And, and I think part of it for me was, like, two of my favorite songs on the album I yeah. heard a year ago. Like, Sunflower and Wow. Well, they had to live somewhere. Yeah. So, that, so that's yeah, yeah. fair. So they, had to, they had to live somewhere. I'm going to play just, you a couple songs later today. I'll play some, I'll play some stuff and, like, explain why they're significant. Yeah. Like, but I keep, think, keep talking about Post Malone and then I want to move there into were, There were two halves of that album, right? His album came out, I believe, I want to say it was early. In September. It was. In September. Okay, there you go. Um. And there were two halves of that album. The first half was this upbeat, poppy, mm-hmm. um, real poppy, like uh, kind of a hip hop vibe. There was a the baby record on there yep. that was um, great. Yeah, um, it was it was really it was really poppy. But then that second half, and it happened after the, the the record Circles on the album. There's a record called Circles. Which, by the way, is hugely popular with the high school kids. I have it actually on our playlist um, for our for our high school services. I'm a high school. I'm a student director. That's what I do for a living, and I have it actually on our playlist that I play as the pre-service um, music. It's called Circles. And uh, after that, he gets into this like unbelievable thing where it's really he's doing rock albums, but he's doing rock albums with freaking Ozzy Osbourne on one of them. Halsey, which by the way, Halsey's another one that if she does the hook or has a feature on a song, it's a it's a top ten, it's a top oh, yeah, ten song, definitely. Future and it, all of these people, like all these people, it's crazy. Yeah. Ed Sheeran had a song on there with him. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. The second half of that album, yeah. and so if you're a person who is looking for a, a a trap album or like an album like what what um 
uh, uh, beer bongs and Bentleys was or, or something like that. That's you didn't get that here. Yeah. What you got is an artist that was like doing really well. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that we're <clears throat> that we saw a lot in 2019 of the genre blending. Yeah. Because you think of Ed Sheeran's album. Yes. Yes. With a collaboration yes. with number six. You think of even even Kanye's album with Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Right. I mean, blending the gospel and yep. the rap genre. Yep. And then, I mean, honestly, probably and I'm not a huge fan of the song, but literally maybe the song that defined 2019 Old Town Road, Old Town Road, which is hilarious that it was still going. It, it came out in 2018. The song came out in 2018, mm-hmm. but they kept remixing it. Yeah. And it was it was one of the remixes that really yeah. just was what took off, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It was just an interesting year for music. There was not, there was which, just... Which, again, just it seems like the theme of 2019, just disruption. Yeah, disruption. Again, yeah. One, one of the most interesting things, and it was, I, I listened to the Joe Budden podcast. It's a, it's a, it comes out two episodes a week. And one of the things that Joe said, I think it was Joe that said it on his show. Um, I think it was, I think it was Joe that said this, but he talked about how you know it was a crazy year because Drake never dropped an album, but Drake was probably one of the most influential artists of 2019. Mm-hmm. Drake comes out with a B sides album. He comes out with a B sides album where, you know, it's it's all the stuff that didn't make it onto certain albums of his. Yeah. He comes out and he's featuring on all these songs, right? One of the one of the biggest hits of the summer was on which we'll, I'll I'll talk about here in a second, um, was on Chris Chris Brown's uh, album yeah. called No Guidance, right? Where it was a smash hit and it was Drake, right? Drake is the one yep. that made that made that record. So um, weird year in terms of hip hop. R and B. I have three. I have three names for you. Okay. You ready for this? Yes. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the first one that I just said, with Indigo with Chris Brown. Chris Brown. That was great. Just do that again. Yeah. I'm gonna give you three names. Are you ready for them? I'm ready. Summer Walker. Came out with what I believe is a classic R and B album. Came out this fall. It's a classic R and B album. Classic. Snow Allegra. Has the best R&B album of 2019. Yeah. Called Ugg, The Feels Again. Go listen to it. And then the final one, I just, the name, Her, sorry, Her. Yeah. Her. You've been on that Her band right Dude. 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 Yeah. Just go listen. Yeah. You'll so, be fine. So give me give me some of your other thoughts on uh, music in 2019. I think there was a, so moving kind of into our world, right, in terms of Christian music, you've really saw the solidification of, of a change in sound. So we went from uh, in the 90s, in early, late 90s, early 2000s, <clears throat> this rock sound being prevalent to a little bit more synthy maybe in the electronic. 20-teens, electronic. Now... It's club music. The sound now is 1980s club music. Yeah. Like we were just listening to a song today from Elevations um, Rhythm Rhythm uh, yep. Rhythm, which is their which is their youth. It's their um, student ministry stuff. It's yeah. the band for them. Like we were listening to it, just looking at each other, going, "What in the world?" Yeah. Well, you even hear that with like Vu Church. Vu Church. You hear that with like Life Churches, like Switch. Yep, Switch. And then um, uh, there's an uh, uh, Levi Lusco's Church. Is another one that that really is on this sound. Well, it's the sound. It's someone that I've been really going on, been hearing a lot about because of uh, I heard about our catalyst this past year, Ellie Limebear. Yes. Oh, yes. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's an interesting sound. Um, you know what else I was I was a little down on, disappointed in was the the CHH movement this year. 
Well, there wasn't a lot of movement. There wasn't a lot of stuff. There wasn't a lot of movement. There just wasn't year. a lot of stuff. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's Christian hip-hop. Yeah, there, there were some singles. There were some good singles. There were some good songs. Um, at, well, actually, I'll, there just wasn't... A, the stuff that was released was good. There just wasn't a lot of it. Right. Because, like, right. if you think, and maybe we can use this to... Tran- we'll transition into, like, some of our recommends um, from 2019. Like, the big releases that I had from them was What If RG... Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that so was great. Good. But it was, it was an great. EP. It was like it was like thirty it, minutes of music. It was yeah. It wasn't that much. Yep. And then you have Andy Minio, Work in Progress. Good. Which really good. Not. But it was a mixtape. But again, exactly. It wasn't even an album. Yeah. It was a mixtape. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And so, um, like, give me, give me you you. I want you to think about mm-hmm. like some of your best yeah. albums of the year while I run down. Through here's some here's some of mine, and I'm gonna have all of this in a playlist of music because that's just how my mind works mm-hmm. for it. But here's here's some of my favorite things from this past year, just just all of genres. Um, Jesus is King. We got uh, Maggie Rogers, Heard It in Past Life. Yeah, you got the new Switchfoot record, which came out at the beginning which of the year. Which was good. Native Tongue really liked that. Um, this is this is more of like a gr- like a grungy hard rock. Band, have you ever heard of Foles before? Yes. Love Foles. They came out with like two albums this year. Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost, part one and part two. I'm kind of partial to part two, but both super good. You got Free Spirit by uh, Khalid. Yep. You got um, personal favorite. Personal favorite. And this is this collab, is getting into. Collab number six. Well, I was going to say collab number six. Ed Sheeran, for those of and you who know that. And uh, then also another thing that came out across the summer. And this is like this is like throwback. Like I love this type of music whenever it's really good. Wolves at the Gate. Eclipse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wolves at the that Gate Eclipse great. might be my favorite it's album It's a metal of the band. Year. It's metal. But so good. It's and good. Then, um, and then the new Hillsong United record. People. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That was so good. Yeah. That was, that was good stuff. And then... You got, I mean, I got some singles and stuff like that, which were really good, which we've kind of already talked about, but they'll all be in the playlist that I'm dropping. So, Todd, give me, give me your top yeah. albums. So, in terms of albums, that's going to leave off a lot of um, two packs and EPs and stuff. But here, here's what I'll give you. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to include Ed Sheeran's um, collab number six, even though that's actually technically not an album. They're calling mm-hmm. that a mixtape. Yep. Because it didn't, it wasn't really. We'll really go like collection of music. Collection of music. That's fine. Um, so Ed Sheeran came out with that. I loved Indigo, Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. I listened to that. I still listen to that 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 album. And he actually came out with the with the extended version. There's now I think um, I think now there's like forty some songs or even more. Yeah. Um, which is just great. I already mentioned Roddy Rich. Um, his album came out this fall. It was phenomenal. Jim Jones um, came out with his with his album. This summer, Jim Jones is a phenomenal hip hop artist. He's he's just really good. Um, my favorite album from this entire year, yeah, was Snow Allegra's R and B album, yeah, Ugh, All the Feels Again. Okay, you've got to listen to it. She's phenomenal, like phenomenal. Okay, um, and then finally, here's 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 probably the one that um, I got the most. Yeah, I probably got the most play out of it. Just, just going back consistently. Yeah, 
was um, the 116 Christmas album that they redid. Oh, so good. I mean, I know, like, I started playing that in, like, October because I think that that Christmas album came out in 2018. Mm -hmm. But they came out with an updated version of it. Yeah. And, like, dude, I, I listened to that thing for three months. Yeah. And I still turned it on just the other day. I, I had one of the songs on. Um, it was just really good. Which 116 released in their summer pack. I yeah, love that they that do was this. Every year. And oh, yeah. Let's just give a special shout out to Wandy. Wandy took, the, especially this fall. Wandy yep. this fall, I mean, her song, she had a song that was on, on the ESPN Christmas Day. Well, she was the one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. She had she had her a song was on ESPN's Christmas Day for the basketball games, like the NBA basketball games. Dude, her song was on who was on ESPN. I mean, she was phenomenal. Yep. Um, go listen to anything by her. Yes. Really that so those are the good albums. Again, it was it was not that great of a year for music. It really wasn't. Yep. Okay, let's move into uh TV and film. I'll run through some of my favorites from twenty nineteen. Um, obviously, like just the Marvel movies. You got Captain Marvel, yep. you got Endgame, you got Spider Man Far From Home. We talked about that a little bit. Um, John Wick. Phenomenal. I freaking love that series oh. so much. Yep. Uh, I'm also going to say Stranger Things Season 3. I never have gotten into really it. Really enjoyed Stranger Things Season 3. And uh, <clears throat> The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just yes. And, and I think it's really interesting just how Disney is, like, they're, they're reinventing the streaming game by 100%. Like, streaming and then instead of releasing them all at once, mm -hmm. it's one week at a time, yeah. continuing the conversation, yep. dominating literally at the talk for two months. Yeah. No, you're right. And then I think this is something interesting, and I, and I kind of want to get your take on this too, um, like the Netflix specials. Oh. Yeah, oh, the Netflix yeah. specials. Yeah. Uh, two that stood out to me was Brene Brown, The, the Call yep. to Courage. And then the other one is what they're doing in comedy. Yeah, what they're doing in comedy, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, you know they're coming out with an Eddie Murphy one in 2020, right? Yes, I did know about that. Yes, so here's and I know <clears throat> I believe uh, it's 2020. I think you're right, um, and so one that stood out to me was Nate Bargatze, the oh. Tennessee kid. Oh. But here's here's oh. here's what I want to like give me give me your thoughts on uh, on comedy real quick and some like couple of things that stood out to you. So this was the year that comedy was flipped on its head, actually. So I, I listen to ridiculous amounts of things and I love comedy. I, I dabble myself. And, um, the, actually the interesting thing about comedy with Netflix is that Netflix had its power taken away from it in terms of comedy. So Netflix for years now has been the only place you could get a special. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a couple of people who just basically went, hold my beer, watch this. And they just started releasing stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Nate Bargatze was great. Um, they did another thing where, <clears throat> Dave Chappelle probably had the best of the year um, when he came out with his special in um, uh, in September. Um, phenomenal. Uh, that was just that was one of those moments where you watched it and you saw literally comedy being shifted. Um, that was all Netflix. Yeah, that did that. Um, it, it has been a year for comedy that is just comedy's in a great space right now. Yeah. So give me give me like. Three. Gonna, I'll give you a couple comedians to be watching. Just just give, people. Give me some specials. Give me some specials that like. Okay. So um, <clears throat> obviously, if, if you haven't seen the Dave Chappelle special yet, mm -hmm. um, Sticks and Stones, you should go do that. Like that's that one's that one was unbelievable. 
um, another another one to to go and and check out is uh, a guy who I started following just probably I don't know maybe March ish when um, he started he started this podcast called The Brilliant Idiots with Charlemagne the God, right? And he started this thing. Hang on, I'm just wasting time for a second because I'm trying to find it and my phone's blowing up. He started this podcast called The Brilliant Idiots, and he's got this special out. He's put three out this year. Put mm-hmm. three out this year. Hold on. I'm Which is a lot it. of material. It's a what lot of material. What do you think about it? But he, he is just unbelievable in, in just how much. I, I forget his name. I'll, I'll tell. I'll, get, I'll yeah, find it and give it to you later. Show notes. He put out three, and one of them was a crowd surfing one where he or not not crowdsourcing one where he just went and just did crowd work yeah um so good uh bill burr put out his special um uh paper tigers so good mm-hmm. um and then finally uh the the guy who i want everybody right now to be paying attention to his name is burt kreischer burt kreischer is one of the funniest human beings i've ever seen in my life burt's coming out with a special in in 2020 he just filmed it in October, and it'll be coming out, and I believe it's on Netflix. Watch this special. He's one of the funniest humans I've ever seen. There are, there's so many more. I want to cr- actually. I should create a list of comic comedians to watch. I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll create a, a list. I, I I don't remember all their their names of the specials off the top of my head. Cool. I and rambled then, there. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, and then go back to movies, movies, TV shows. Movies, TV shows. Um, so the biggest event that happened in 2019 in terms of any type of film was Game of Thrones, the final season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that door, like we talk about the Mandalorian now, but it's because it's recency bias. People do not understand when Game of Thrones was out. It was, it shifted things for people. Yeah. Well, again, it's kind of like, it, again, disruption. Yeah. It, like the level of end, like end, end game MCU, stuff yeah, like that. It was, it dwarfed, you, you, people have to understand, it dwarfed Endgame. It made Endgame look like a chump thing when that thing when they were doing those episodes. HBO just basically told everybody, "Hey, do your best, but watch this." And they came out with season eight. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of critiques right about the final season, and that's fine. I'm talking about how momentous yeah. it was. Yeah, it just was the talk and the conversation oh, around it. It's all that was talked about. It was all that was talked about, and not for a month. We're talking. It was what seven weeks, eight weeks. I mean, it was. A significant amount of time, and then even after that, they said that HBO Go, which is HBO streaming app that they they have, it jumped from January 2019 to the end. I think it ended, I think they stopped, I think that the series ended in April. It went through a 1,500% increase of subscriptions. Caleb Mason. That's a lot. Caleb. 1,500%? I think that number's right. That's ridiculous. That is insanity. And that was simply people sitting in Starbucks saying, dude, you've got to get this. You've yeah. got to see this. And and like I've been a fan of Game of Thrones since the beginning, and I've watched all the seasons. And it was truly uh, a masterpiece that was that was tied together. Now, there are critiques. I hear that. I get it. But it was great. And it was it was truly what I, I believe influenced um, Disney Plus and their model of of going back to releasing one a week with the Mandalorian. I think it. I think that Netflix is already in discussions about how they're going to start doing that with future things. It's just unbelievable. The Irishman. Caleb J. Mason. I need you to find three hours in your life and sit down and watch okay. this movie. 
So what basically happened with The Irishman is Netflix goes, hey, so there hasn't been a great gangster movie that came out in a couple years. What if we do it? And they just got Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, some of these great actors from yesteryear, right? From the, from the 70s and 80s and 90s, Al Pacino. And they just said, what if we do a gangster movie with all of you in it? Right? Joe Pesci, Casino. He, he was a star in Casino. He was a star in um, Good Night. I just left my brain. Goodfellas. Um, Al Pacino, obviously. Yeah. He was Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Um, Robert De Niro and his role he played in, I believe, Goodfellas and, and all these other movies. And they said, let's watch this. Like, just watch this. And they just created a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Just a, a, a masterpiece. Um, the Joker. I finally watched it. Took me a while. Um, I it because of how the what I was hearing about it, how triggering it was, and it was it was rough. Like it was it was intense. But here's the thing: Joaquin Phoenix basically just said, "I am right now the best actor." Like it's me. I got the crown. Back off. Yeah. Unbelievable. He deserves every award that he wins for that movie. That that film in general deserves every award that it wins. It was a masterpiece. Um, Howard, who is the director, he he really just took it to the next level. He he directed things like The Da Vinci Code, um, some other like really famous movies like that. Uh, unbelievable. That was another one. And then uh, I would say in terms of in terms of shows, this is a show right now that. Um, is is a little bit on the uh, on the outskirts in terms of people talking about it and like knowing about it but the witcher which was a a tv show that's based off of a book series and also a video game series um phenomenal it's got henry cavill in it who played superman in Mm -hmm. in uh the dc world um he is the star and it is so good yeah it is so good I mean, people need to watch this. Yeah. It is like going to win things this year. So, those are those are some of the big ones that um, I enjoyed. Obviously, you mentioned a lot of my other ones, right? Yeah. I'm not going to repeat them. All the Marvel stuff, just great. Yep. Um, so those would be my big ones uh, from this year that I really got into. Um, uh, one that's well, a couple things to be looking at is uh, the Last Kingdom, which is a, a, a series on Netflix. Be watching that in 2020. Um, I think they said they're going to come out with a new season of that. Uh, that was that was phenomenal. Also, the Frontier, which is got Jason Momoa in it. Great, check those out. Yeah. So let's look at podcasts and books, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. I want to go podcasts, and I just want your like the best of the best. Like, what are either like life changing episodes mm. for you, or what are the podcasts where it's literally like, and and I think something interesting that it happened for 2019 and you're kind of maybe at the tail end of it or still going through it a little bit and i went through it over the summer it's just like like being almost like burned out well on, yeah. po- on pod well, i don't even know if it not has, podcast in general it's not podcast in general specific just type of out. them oh well, yes being yes but uh like here here's here's some ones for me that um it, it is like it is a must listen and i listen to more podcasts than it but here's some podcasts that are a must listen to me like almost as soon as they come out one and this isn't a surprise to anybody the carrie newhoff leadership podcast i think 2019 was his best year of podcasting i agree 
for the ones I've listened to. Yep, for the and all sorts of different ones like Patrick Lencioni, the Clay Scroggins and Brad Lominick conversation, the Kevin Queen conversation, and like just all sorts of different those. Um, Craig Rochelle's Understanding Your Energy mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. that series that he did. Um, Annie F. Downs. Yeah. Enneagram Summer. The interview that she did with Lauren Daigle. Yep. Phenomenal. Bill Simmons. Love it. And he started the Book of Basketball podcast, oh, too, yes. which has just been so good. amazing. Um, Andy Stanley. Enough said. Yeah. Just his message series. Clay Scroggins did a great one about Fight for It. Yep. As well, going back a little yep. bit in his leadership podcast. Um, binge Mode. Binge Mode, yep. And then the Dane Lebetard show, another favorite of mine. Um, and then and then one that um, is just the Red Couch podcast for me. Of just like those are those are just some. Oh, and uh, sorry, I almost forgot. Uh, Enneagram podcast typology, uh, Enneagram yeah, yeah. journey, like all, all all sorts of good stuff like that. So number one, Joe Rogan podcast, which you've been getting me on a little bit. You've been so, sending me some episodes. <clears throat> I'm going to give you five. I'm going to yeah. give you five. Recently, one that came out, which I sent to you, and you were like, this is ridiculously good. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Uh, it so came good. out. It came out January 15th, so it's not 2020, but just but recently. Like, but like we said, hey, 12 and a half plus months. One, plus one. So he came out with one with Robert Downey Jr., which was just so good. I mean, it was it was a great, great, great one. Um, In November, November 26th, he interviewed Tulsi Gabbard, who is a Democrat right now, coming out of Hawaii. She's with, a senator. With Jocko. With Jocko Willink. If you're interested right now in hearing how the Democratic Party works and interested in hearing some of the things that have happened to her as she's been navigating this presidential debate, the debate scene, listen to that one. Jocko helps to bring into perspective some of her military background as well, which mm-hmm. if you don't know who Jocko Willink is, go on YouTube, type in Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink, 2015. That is one of the greatest episodes I've ever heard of any podcast in my life. 2015, Jocko Willink, Joe Rogan. Go on YouTube, find it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Go do that. Another one that was really just unbelievable from this podcast. Remember, I'm going to give you five. Edward Norton. He interviews Edward Norton in October of this year. I learned things that I didn't know. Like That was a crazy podcast episode for me. Um, it was, it just, I really learned things that, um, like give me one that, that were just a game changer. Uh, the whole thing about how he got kicked out of being Hulk. It was fascinating. Um, and that whole decision process and how yeah. that all, how that all worked. Cause he was a Hulk. Yep. And then he wasn't the Hulk and yes. then Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk. Yes. So that whole thing was in there. Fascinating. He did, a, a, for number four, he did one with Edward Snowden, who, if you're familiar with this person was a whistleblower with that just did all sorts of crazy things joe had him come on and that was like um that was huge and then the the last one i'll give you is after the whole thing went down with roseanne Barr, okay with the whole controversy that happened he brought her on and i feel like if you listen to that interview you understand way better and you're not it's it's harder to just write her off as a racist bigoted person who's just evil that was one of the ones that for me was like okay I'm, I'm hearing you on this. I'll throw in a bonus. His Malcolm Gladwell episode. The Malcolm Gladwell episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you for bringing that one up. That one was phenomenal as well. Um, then, I, so I'm off of, I, I've just been off of for a while, leadership podcast. I can't, like I can't do yeah. it. I just, I, I, I've consumed so much of it. And, and I just, for six months maybe, I've just been totally burned out. I, I have to pick and choose, truly, I have to pick and choose. So another one that I wanted to um, bring up is Jocko Podcast, which I know I'm, I, I mention these all the time. I'll give you a couple of episodes to listen to. One that really changed the way I looked at things um, just recently came out that just I could not believe, like, some of the stuff that was discussed. It, it just was truly truly unbelievable he interviewed a vietnam um sog operator now if you don't know what that is that was basically the great the, the great granddaddy to delta force and they only operated in in vietnam and he interviewed this guy and this dude was telling stories that'll make the hair stand up on your arms and it was three episodes long each one of them were about four hours dude <laughs> dude Great, great podcast. Go check that out. Um, you'll learn a ton. And then finally, if you're not listening to Making Sense with Sam Harris, you're doing your life wrong. Sam Harris is a staunch atheist and somebody who is a scientist and a person who is all in that direction. His podcast makes me think every single episode. You can listen to basically any of them. He, but one in particular, if, you just, if you're just wanting to start somewhere is he has an episode he did he aired on december 29th called sex and power where he interviews this lady named megan and i think you pronounce her name dom go check that out um that's what i have for podcasts i i listen to a ton of podcasts i'm not even touching i mean i could tell you yeah. about the meat eater podcast i could tell you about um a podcast called the peter atia drive um yeah and and we'll get into those yeah in the future there's there's tons yeah, there's just a lot okay let's look at books okay and um and there's there's a lot of books that i enjoyed there's a lot of books that i enjoyed i'm gonna put like if you want to check those out you can go to my instagram caleb j yep. mason form um i'm going to talk uh i'm going to talk about the books that literally changed like mm. changed or sparked something in me throughout the year um the first, and this isn't in a particular order. Um, I would say combination of two books, How to Lead in a World of Distraction by Clay Scroggins yep. and The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John I read Mark the first Homer. one. I haven't read the second one. And really getting me to think of, um, well. Examine how, yourself. Examine myself. Yeah. And it, like Clay's talk on how to lead in a world of distraction, like literally helped to open up my emotions on a whole right. other level. Um and then the ruthless elimination of hurry has really like forced me to examine myself at the pace of which I'm running and why I'm doing yeah. what I'm doing. Um, another one is talking to strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh. By yeah. that, um, of just convicting, really convicting, very convicting, convicting, very convicting about how we make judgments about people. Oh, and so um, just another one would be um, the Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. Mm. This is an older book. But really, yeah. And I've just been talking about this all year. I'm um, just the line is that to love to, to love is to be vulnerable. To love is to be vulnerable. To love is to be vulnerable. It's a famous line from that. Yeah. Um, the complete enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut, yep. and really digging into the enneagram <coughs> and the subtypes and just all of that yep. stuff. 
as well. Scary Close by Donald Miller yep. has been just another one. Really challenging. Like 2019, I didn't read a whole ton of books, but the books of which I read deep. were very deep, yeah. very introspective, very forcing myself to examine myself. Yeah. I went on a – are you done? I'm done. I went on a binge of old books of like spiritual discipline books this year of 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 books that I maybe read in college but I hadn't for a while. So a couple of them that were significant. Um I re- I reread Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. If you're a Christian or a person who's looking just to your spiritual life and and you're wondering why it's barren, pick up that book and check it out. It was written in the 1970s, but it's a class it's a Christ, truly a true Christian classic. Uh, maybe the last true Christian classic, the last time that a book became a air quotes Christian classic. Um, phenomenal. Totally explains that. Uh, a book called Victory Over Darkness, which is a, a oh, book that I've been reading so good. again recently. I've read it years ago, but reading it again. Um, wow. What, a, what an unbelievable journey of just how to identify, how to figure out your identity in, in, in Christ. Right. Unbelievable. Um, I, I have a lot of repeats of the ones that you've already talked about, yeah. but I would say another one that I have recently gone through and, and read was a book um, by a very famous uh, a very famous pastor who actually uh, died several years ago. His name is Dallas Willard, mm-hmm. and uh, his book is called The Spirit of the Disciplines. Yeah, and it is also I believe this is just me. If you're looking at the inner life of a Christian, it's a, it's another must read. Yeah, it's something that you have to read, and uh, beautifully done. And it's a it's a great pairing with Victory Over Darkness, um, Neil Anderson's other book. He wrote Victory Over Darkness, Bondage Breaker. It goes well. There's a four volume set that like if you're looking at your inner life, um, so those two, Celebration of Discipline, and then this, which is the Spirit of Disciplines, uh, by by Dallas Willard. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. So good. And uh, I, I almost forgot another book um, just for me, Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. Oh, yeah. I never I haven't read that one, but you've talked about it but a lot. Really good. And it's just it's just the idea of, you know, we think whenever we're looking for a partner that we're looking for somebody that, yeah. you know, completes us or makes us happy. But really, we should be looking for someone who, um, you know, in the words that Gary uses, should make us more holy. Yeah. Yeah. And so really, yeah. um, Todd. Do you have any of the final thoughts on what you're looking forward to in 2020? I'm, or I'm, even just reflections on 2019? No, I don't really have reflections on 2019. Uh, 2019 was a weird year for me. It was a transition year. I switched jobs, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I, I, I think um, you know, it's interesting for 2019. I think as, as a culture as a whole, there's a lot of disruption. Yeah. And I think even just for you and me personally, just a lot of like self-examination. Mm-hmm. As well, you talk about 2019. The early part was in you, you used to say it was an excavation time. Yes, and it was interesting. You you did that the beginning part. I've done that the second half and still continuing. And what we mean by that is, um, picking up the squiggly the rocks in our life and turning them over and looking at what the squiggly things that come crawling out from underneath of them are. Yeah, it's a deep examination of self. Um, both all three, right? Physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and mentally. And mentally, right, and and just looking at really the bare bones of who we really are as a person, yeah, 
it's a very difficult practice to do, but it's one that ultimately does help you to become a better version of yourself, which ultimately, regardless of what faith you, faith background or um, personal philosophy you adhere to, all of them are always pointing you towards um, being a better version of yourself, including Christianity, which I think that sometimes we, we, we act like as, as Christians that that's not part of it, but it really, there is a piece it of re- it that is. But it really is. Yeah. yeah. And well, it's it's sanctification. It's, it's not we, we have a word for yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, and and I think just for 2020, it's you know I think it's kind of the same thing. I've just seen how like I'm looking for like I want to see how like how the ramifications of the disruption play out in yeah. 2020 yeah. in our society for good and maybe for not so good. Um, and even and even in just even just in our lives of okay, so what like. What was 2019 preparing us for, yeah. for 2020? Yeah, the election is going to happen this year, which will be a huge, huge thing. I think that we're going to see in film, I think Marvel's going to do some interesting things because they're having a low-key year this year. 2021 is really the year where they're going to launch a bunch of stuff. Um, 2020 is going to be interesting to see how they play. Though they are coming out with a bunch of shows on Disney+, Plus, Yep, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, music, we've already talked about that. And we'll just all these artists are about to drop their stuff in 2020. It's going to be a crazy music year. Can't wait for that. Drake's going to come out with something. Rihanna's going to come out with something. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a nutso year um, for that. <clears throat> and a lot of our favorite authors are dropping books this year. Yep. So uh, I know that Carlos Whitaker is dropping something. Um, Carrie Newoff's putting something out. Yep. Uh, I've heard rumblings of some others. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So it's going to be a good year. Well, Todd, I know people are going to want to continue to learn from you and follow you. Where's the best place for them to go to keep up with you? You can find me at Todd on Instagram, or you can just type into the space bar, the Todd father. You'll find me there. You can also find me on Twitter at Todd Duke. Um, which is a fun place, and you can just find me generally on the internet. I have been a part of several podcasts, The Learner's Corner, Herding Cats Podcast, and coming soon, we're going to drop some hot flaming tea in the form of a podcast on my own, as Caleb J. Mason has his own. Hashtag boom sauce. Awesome. There we go. Hey, thanks for listening today. To check out any of our stuff, look to the show notes or... Um, Hit us up on our platforms. Love to talk with you. Anyway, thanks for listening so much to today's episode of the Caleb Mason Podcast. Bye.